Hey, today's what? show is brought to you by Manscaped. With the promo code Dangle, you too can get 20% off and free shipping. At Manscaped.com, promo code Dangle. Thank you. Let's start the show. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Hey, question for you. Yeah? Did we all forget Friday happened? Yo, I was I was actually gonna open the show with that. I can't believe both games three and four happened since our last show. They did. And it's the tale of two cities. It's it's two very different outcomes. Oh, Mark Twain. Yeah, there you Ooh. go. Oh, it was the best books. best of times, it was the blurst of times. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Twain, Mr. Burns. I gotta tell you, a um, monkey. The, That's true, actually. It wasn't Mr. Burns it wasn't who wrote Mr. that. Burns. You're right. You're right. The gritty game the Leafs won on Friday seems to have completely erased itself uh, to all the reporters and all the fans of Leafs Nation um, in, in 48 hours. And I don't know how that's possible. Listen, I want to remind you of something before we get into this. Yeah, what? You know who's also tied 2-2 is Tampa. Almost everyone. Almost literally everyone. And let, need I remind you that at the recording of this podcast, Florida is down 2-1 to one and so is Calgary. The series, there's a reason why in my bracket, I picked them all basically to go to five or sorry, six or seven games. Yeah. And, and the only one it looks like that won't is Colorado. Yes, the NHL playoffs. It's usually six or seven games because these teams are very evenly matched because they manage to manufacture parity into the league. The only person on planet Earth who I saw had the Leafs winning this series in less than six games was producer Drew. (laughs) And he said Leafs in five. That's him trolling. He's I think it's him trolling, and also he's wrong. Now he's officially wrong. So but a lot of Leaf fans were like, you know what? It's gonna be tight, but I think they can do it. I think they can do it. In six or seven. And now that it's here, like game four happened, there's going to be a game five and six guaranteed and pretty likely a seven, I think. Now that it's actually here, no one wants to know how the sausage is made. Yeah, to get to six games, you need to lose three. You know, you, or to get to seven, you need to lose three at minimum. You know, and, and the so, guy who six wears, two though the six. You're not no, wrong. Six, you could be up three yeah, two, six, right? Nine, nine, and so. the guy who freaks out and wears a heart rate monitor for your entertainment is here to say, "Calm down." So this is the thing. <laughs> That's so, enough. So what I think people are asking, and rightfully so, which Leafs are the Leafs? Are the Friday Leafs yes. the Leafs, or are the Sunday Leafs the Leafs? They both are. Yeah. Which, which are the lightning? No, but but I think you know what I'm talking about. In the context of history, sure, the Sunday Leafs are more what we're used to seeing in previous years, mm-hmm. right? That's, what, that's why people instantly go to the worst imaginable place. I saw some crazy takes online last yeah. night. I've seen people say, blow it up. Dubas is gone. Matthews was selfish for getting 60 goals. Yes, I did see that from a Leafs fan. I, I cannot begin, as Steve always says this, when you say, can, I believe, can you believe I saw this on the internet? Yes. yes. You, yeah, of course. Of course. There's but, so many people. But There's so many people. But we are tied 2-2 with the defending champions. Now, a lot of people didn't like the way the Leafs lost last night. Line one, they played line poop. two, poopy. Poop. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. But line let's, three, line four. 
You didn't have to stop yeah, at yeah, one, so, one yeah. or two. Yeah, even Comp, <laughs> like, even Comp's line wasn't great. Oh, my God, no. Um, but let's start with the Hall Giordano non-option pairing that was immediately clear from the first minute last night. That's enough. Well, okay. I told... So this is what bothers me, all right? It's what bothers me. There are... And I was, I was going back and forth with Stephen Birch today a little bit, too. There are a lot of metrics that say Justin Hall is an effective mm. NHL player. Yeah. XG, and, big one. And for sure. And, and I'm not going to try to take that away. But what I would say is that of all the definitive NHL defensemen the Leafs have, he's the seventh best. Well, I, I seem to remember Dermott doing really well in those numbers too. And what if Sheldon Keefe just deploys his third pairing really cleverly? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, Lilligren's numbers are great. Well, he was also on the third pair. Mm-hmm. You know, like what if... I know, they're, I know they're poor in this series. But to me, that's four games. Right, and, and I, I think from the first minute, you see why Justin Hall 5-on-5 five five is sort of a non-option. Because you could start, you, you start your defensively, your best, um, your best line, which is the comp line with Mikheyev, and you start the, the, probably the defensive line that you're most worried about, which is Giordano Hall, right away. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that Stamkos and Ross Colton are on the other side. And See, they weren't. No. Oh, wasn't and that? Stamkos got on via line change. Oh. So, yeah. Tampa had a game plan, and this is where John Cooper fed Keith his lunch a little yeah. bit. So, Islanders game uh, to end the season. So, that's only like seven games ago. Islanders get it deep. Ross Johnston goes around the net, crushes Mark Giordano. The Lightning look at that, and they go, that looks like fun. And they do almost the exact same thing. They get it deep. Ross Colton goes and gets Giordano, nails him. Tampa's able to get reinforcements over the board. I know they got at least Kutrov and Stamkos. They put pressure on, sustained pressure on that pair who didn't get a chance to change. And they got scored on. Hall coughed the puck up and then screened Campbell. Uh, I did see the argument. No, it wasn't that he coughed it up. He gave it away. He gave it away. because There's no reason for him to make that play. Well, the the reason is Kasha should be available there, yeah. as Anthony Petrelli uh, pointed out today on Twitter. And I think it's a good point. But he should be available. He isn't. So don't throw it. He isn't, right? Yeah. like Or glassing out or behind the net or anything would have been better than what he did. Now, I've never played hockey with Nikita Kucherov barreling down on yeah, me. Yeah, it's so true. It's scary. I suppose it's, I suppose it's terrifying, but I mean... What, why, then, is that pair out there to start the game? Mm-hmm. With that play, it's, it's when an NHL team scores on another NHL team, there's a number of things that go on that happen that lead to the goal because goals yep. usually lead, uh, are caused by mistakes. It's mm-hmm. a team failure. And in that moment, the, the forecheck by Tampa was incredible, yep. as you described it. Them coming out right away, having a game plan on literally the puck drop. It was fantastic to see. Them getting the line change, getting the stars out there. That's what allowed them to pick up the puck after that strong forecheck. Hall not having Kasha was definitely a thing. Like mm-hmm. Kasha was in the wrong position, having the breakout. He left the zone way too aggressively. Left and wasn't looking. No, and wasn't looking for the pass looking. at all. But and then Hall's decision making on that play to still try and feed him the puck or feed yeah. the puck wherever he was trying to go with it was awful. There's like eight different micro things that happened in that one play, but. You can break it down to, hey, that was a bad decision. You guys need a better game plan. And everything there by the Leafs was underwhelming. Well, I, but, but this is the thing is that this is, 
this is what people have been complaining about, where the apprehension with Justin Hall comes from. Mm -hmm. Yes, those micro things are going to happen. That's hockey. Hockey's chaotic. Yeah. You're going to... Hockey is literally mistake, mistake, mistake. Oh, I got that right and scored a goal. Mm -hmm. Right? That's literally how the game works. I got that right and scored... Like, the <laughs> second goal, that's one of those ones where you go, fuck my life. Yes. Right? Yeah, the muffin yes. play. 100%. Yeah, like, but, but it's this, a shitty bounce. So, so this is my problem. Okay, so yeah, the refs are calling a lot more penalties this series. So you're literally playing a guy... Nothing to do with Quote, unquote, it. penalty kill specialist. Yeah. Bullshit. I don't think so. I think, I think, Steve, you nailed it at the end of the show... Uh, Last week or the end of the Leaf segment last week on Friday when you said he's won a cup. He won a Memorial Cup with, with Justin Hall. Called a cup. Or called a cup. Yeah. The, he the, won one with Lilligren too, but... Lilligren... Oh, well. <laughs> like, there, there is no arguing here. Lilligren's a better fit on this defensive line right now. And and don't tell me the penalty kill, which was the, the best part about the Leafs play in their first win, needed Justin Hall. You have six guys who can do it. Last night, they went one uh, for eight on the power play. Tampa. Their penalty kill was incredible last night. Is the the, the Leafs had eight power? Are you sure you're not talking about the last two games? No, it was last night they had eight penalties. Holy shit! Really? And and, and um, Jesus, that's got to change. The only too. goal there was the five three. Was I the think five you're talking about the last two? Games. Last two games? Is that last uh, two I think games it's overall? The last two games. Yeah. The only goal in the last. I'm looking is at the this. five on three. Yeah. So the Leafs penalty kill did do well, but is that enough? Right. No, no, it, how no. Jesse's right. That, yeah, that was all last game. I'm one not. For, like, Tampa actually, went one yeah. for eight. They last yeah. game there was eight penalties for eight. by the Leafs. Tampa went That's, one for eight, and the only time they scored was, five was on the five on three. The Leafs penalty kill was absolutely but that's not Justin Hall. Alone. It wasn't all Justin Hall. That's on the coaching staff creating a great mm -hmm. penalty kill. But if if Justin Hall is a key part of that, and they feel that I understand the argument having him out there because that one for eight is not insignificant. Right. Well, he stopped it from being six or seven to three rather than, oh, it was seven to three. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have my phone out because I just want to see the fireworks when it's announced that Sheldon Keefe in game five is going with the right side of Brody Lilligren Hall. Over Giordano? No way. No, Sitz Labushkin. Oh, well, there Who have been. was. Shit. Yeah, I think he's had he's had some struggles. The right move from Keith is to not be bullied by the media to try and get to benching. I'm bullying. Justin Hall. Put Lilligren back in. Steve Simmons last night probably put Justin Hall into the lineup. <laughs> no hyperbole. I hope not. No hyperbole. So, so you can't go out. For, hold on. Before yeah, you get before you get into breaking it down, before you get into breaking it down, play the clip. Let's play the so clip. that there's context, right? And then get into it, guys. D by the way, I never heard confirmation that it was Simmons. Apparently, it was. I don't okay. know. It's an interesting. I mean, if the shoe fits. This is an interesting way to ask a head coach a question. Just let's just put it that way before we. Do you need the? Uh, do you need it? I Jesse? got it. I got it here. You started your worst defenseman in a building, knowing it was going to be this loud and this crazy. Who's our worst defenseman? That's the goal. It's your opinion, I guess. So why would you start your worst defenseman in a building, knowing it was going to be this loud and this crazy? Who's our worst defenseman? That's the sure opinion, I guess. Also, he didn't say Justin Hole. <laughs> yes. Thank Did you, you hear that? Underratedly, the most insulting part of that question is not calling him the worst defenseman on the Leafs. It's not what? knowing his fucking name. It's Justin Hall. It's yeah. been Justin Hall for several years now. Listen, I, I don't disagree with with his assessment. I don't think Justin Hall is, if no, Sandine's playing, no. I don't think Justin Hall's in the top seven. But I, I, I do say, I, I do think it was a bit, bit of an aggressive way to go at the question. It's it seems like 
Well, yeah, because he's trying to get on. He's trying to be the story rather than letting the question be the story. How Keith's not going to answer that, especially when you put it that way. And by asking that question in that way, now Keith has to play Justin Hall. I Let, don't think so. Yes, he does. Nah, they don't care about what's the, what's the storyline if he benches him? Who who cares? Who cares if you oh. win? If the Leafs care when? about that, then then just fuck yeah. it. Who cares when? Game five and six and go home. <laughs> if they care about that, just surrender game five and six mm -hmm. and go home. Um, I don't think they can care about that. I was uh, I was in a group chat last night and they were arguing about um, like what what purpose does that question serve? It's a bad question. How do you even write around that question? And I disagreed with the idea that it was a bad question because you can easily write around that you can easily write around that and the, the way i did it in the lfr is sheldon keith said he's the worst defenseman by benching him in game one of this series and in game two and the ensuing benching or scratch sorry that's going to happen in game five I that's wondered, what i said i wondered too when we're talking about like i know that uh muzzin and brody have had some good numbers together but riley brody was they've had good numbers uh, but I, to me, Riley Brody was solid last year. I don't know. Can you not manage Labushkin's minutes a little bit better and bring him further down in the lineup? Is there a different way to deploy him to make him more effective? Because he's obviously not the greatest puck mover. People are getting on him a little bit, and I think rightfully so. The first couple of games, I thought he was good, and then he was getting in the uh, like offensive play and setting people up for goals and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it, it does seem... Labushkin was not acquired to be... The guy that played with Morgan Riley. Well, here's the question. Are we galaxy braining this a little too much? Maybe. Because you know how many lineup changes, like literally line switches, Tampa has made in four games? One. One. They took out Jan Ruda for game two, and they put in Zach Bogosian, and he's never come out. Line one has not changed. Two, three, four, pair one, two, three. Nothing has changed. Not a thing. And the Leafs are like juggling and they, they got this amazing Jenga thing going on and Tampa hasn't had to make a single adjustment in the lineup. All their adjustments have been the players playing differently. Mm -hmm. Sheldon Keefe is tinkering way too much, especially in game. I don't I don't need Kerfoot on the first line because you think it's going to be more defensive. Just play bunting. You do that. You do that. What's the point of the the eighty two games of the regular maybe, season? Maybe he needed the rest bunting. Maybe bunting's hurt, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But what's the point of the eighty two games? Wasn't that the time to figure out the lines? Why do we have Why do we have to eight different line combinations in game in the playoffs? I think game five he needs to go back to the way he started the series, bunting on his in his usual spot. Uh, I want to see Kerfoot with Tavares. And who did they have? Uh, Kerfoot, Tavares, Kasha, you could do. And then Willie, Kampf, Engvall. No, no McKayev. McKayev, sorry. Engvall on the fourth. Oh, yeah. Where do I put Engvall? On the fourth. Oh, boy. Yeah, that is a bit of a tough one. But I want to put Clifford in the line. I want to put some meat in there. Oh, boy. That's well, you an can't interesting do, one. Can't do Engvall, just... Spezza, Clifford? Yeah, you could. Or Engvall, Spezza, Simmons. Engvall Blackwell Simmons actually. Oh, Blackwell more too. likely. I yeah. wish he just set it up like an NHL twenty two game. Set your lines and just have them play. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why couldn't he do that? I, I greatly appreciate how differently the Lightning have played game to game while changing nothing about no. the actual composition. Because they, they the know. So they that, know this is these guys play well with these guys, and we just go out there and we do it. One of the things that's also getting a lot of play here is the lack of ice time for and the lack of rhythm. Two ice time for Austin Matthews. You, you said, Jesse. Fucking box. Well, eight eight minutes in penalties. The or eight minutes, sixteen minutes in penalties. The Leafs more than that. A couple doubles. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Then, so yeah, eight penalties total is what I'm going to say. We'll leave it at that. Um, Austin Matthews is also not starting the games. And this was something they talked about in the intermission show last night, which you would have missed, Steve, because you're streaming. Right. But I think last last night they started with the comp line, then went Tavares, then went Matthews. And they were showing clips about how they they're the 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 theory is that he looks a little uncomfortable because he's not playing as much as he's used to, which I can understand if that's the case. They talked Kelly Rudy talked about how um, when Gre- when he played with Gretzky in L.A., Barry Melrose used to like to uh, uh, to put out this guy. I'd never heard of the guy, the second line center, Conacher. And uh, and then finally the team said, Corey. can you just can yeah. you just start Gretzky? And he did. And Gretzky took off. And like, it's one oh. of those just start the game with your best center. Not Corey Conacher. Sorry, you're uh, talking about Gretzky. Yeah. So I'm talking about a guy who played like six years ago. Sorry. No, no, we're talking about. Yeah, not former lightning Corey Conacher. My bad. Um, we're talking I had, about. I had the lightning on my mind. I'm sorry. So so I think that's another one. I think. If we're going to question anything, I I understand at when you're away, I understand starting with uh, a defensive line because you maybe want to try to get Matthews away from the line matches that he's had. But at the end of the day, if he's your best player, he's your best fucking player. Play him. Yeah, Cooper played home ice masterfully on that first shift. He's yeah. okay. Led to a goal. Yep. They're going to expect us to start our top line. And we will. I'm not. And I'm going to get him out. Oh uh, no! Oh, because they did that you switch. You keep thinking they, they did. They didn't start their top line, but that's how well they played it. Like a thief in the night, ah, and they just left. And like they got a lucky bounce on the second goal, and then Morgan Riley lost a game of know where the puck is to Patrick Maroon, and that's two goals from the fourth line now. Like it's not like Tampa's overpowering Braden. Point Nikita Kucherov. Braden Point was it was basically a non-factor to last night. Well, yeah, like it's not like Tampa's superstars are caving the Leafs in. Mm-hmm. That was just it was just a really really poor game. And can I say uh, the Willie food poisoning story? I don't buy. Tell me. <laughs> they look the whole team looked so slow last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think. There have been a lot of stomach bugs going around the GTA, and I kind of think, I kind of wonder. I just, you wonder if some of them are ill? Because they looked terrible. Like, that's that's the slowest they've looked since Game 5 against Montreal mm-hmm. last year. Like, just totally unprepared for the start of the game. Zero speed, zero effort. That Nylander play going around where he gives up on the puck in the corner <laughs> is the, the one on the, uh, where it was a dump in, or it was going to be an icing. Uh, I don't think it was going to be an icing. It was, um, no, it was a 50-50 puck. Right, right. That he had a great shot at, and he bailed. Yeah, because who was barreling down on him? I forget the Who cares? I forget the details. There's no excuse. But but what did the Leafs do, honestly? Because the thing that's killed the Leafs is is Tampa's forecheck. When they have, when they haven't played, in the two games they've lost, the one thing that's so noticeable is how hard Tampa forechecks them. It's, Yeah. Leafs have had an impossible time getting out of their own zone, or did last night. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, with the with the Austin Matthews Matthews thing you brought up about uh, that they talked about during intermission, I brought that up on Friday when we were talking about John Tavares, and I was like, he hasn't played enough time on five and five. He couldn't have uh, enough time to get things going. That was kind of my excuse for him. And then it was funny to see them do that during intermission for the excuse for Matthews for why we couldn't keep he couldn't keep it going. But to me, that all all boils down to is the amount of dumb penalties they're taking. Like it's, if, it's, if the guys, can't, if your stars can't get it going because you're always on the penalty kill, stop taking eight penalties in one game. Why is Spezza out there taking bad penalties? 
Like, yeah, every, every Simmons, every Simmons who that's can't be taking penalties is out there taking penalties on non plays. The Leafs' depth is killing them. It's killing. That's a great point. It's it's killing them. And uh, last night it provided Tampa with two goals. So um, I also want to say that uh, um, uh, William Nylander got torched by the TNT broadcast or TBS. Did you say? Did he you guys see this? Scored two goals. No, I didn't. So scored two goals, but it was five nothing. So Matthews head manned a puck to him. And he's going right into the zone, and Eric Cernak is is. Oh, uh, that was, that was what we were just talking. About. You just oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking at something There's else. Okay. I just yeah, no, the yeah. reason I wanted to bring the reason I got distracted. If I can tell you, I was going to save this to later in the show, but I want everybody to know I was distracted for good reason. Pierre Maguire has been fired by the Sens. What? That just happened this morning. I'm just letting you know that okay, Pierre Maguire. Holy shit! Go. That's why I got distracted. Yeah. So I figured we'll bring that up yeah. later. So, so that's why I'm that. because we we didn't have the details on the Willie thing. We were just trying to do it from memory. So it was, it was Willie. What so he's head man the puck for Matthews, and he loses the puck just as he hits the blue line. Now I could have given you the clip, but we can't run it on the show. <laughs> yeah. And Poor and CJ. I know it's fucking crazy. He's in the he, air. Sorry. I, one more little break. I'm so sorry, but he <laughs> recorded an addendum for the Barry Trot stuff, like at the airport. And now they fired me. Oh, poor yeah. CJ and Julian, man. Okay. Um, Sorry. So to start again, Matthews headmans the puck to to Willie. Willie loses it at the Tampa blue line. Eric Cernak uh, is bearing down on him, and Willie holds up, which sometimes he does because he believes he can probably steal the puck back rather than take the hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the TNT broadcast said they would have benched him for the rest of the game. And it oh, doesn't. I did hear it that doesn't look good. Yeah, it was also uh, Riley. Who passed on the ball. Oh, it's Riley. I yeah, thought it was Matthew's head. I, that's, that's I think I think he makes a miscalculation here. I don't think it's sloth. I think he's going, all right, how much time and space do I have here? And then the puck got away from him. Sometimes, so I don't know if it's necessarily laziness. I think he just fucked up the calculation. And, and I'm not trying to blindly defend Nylander, but no. sometimes what he does is he'll, if, if he knows somebody's going to try to hit him, he pushes the puck out of the way of where he is mm-hmm. to, and then switches directions very quickly. The person has to miss the check well, and miss the works. puck, and then he goes around. It almost that's works. Almost that's out normally what he does. Yeah, yeah, he almost goes around the puck with no one on, or and sorry, goes him, around the net with no one on. We've him. seen him do that a million times. It's not like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I look at that, and I'm like, ah. Of all the things to criticize, I don't think that's the thing. It, but oh. It's so, uh, the, um, the streams have given me so much more appreciation for how difficult it is to analyze things on the fly. Cause that's exactly the sort of thing. Like I, I obviously didn't see that replay last night, but they didn't I, play it on sports. Then. Oh, okay. Well I would have lost my mind and gone, Willie, what the, f-? like you need more than this. And now I watch it and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a, it's a, it's not him giving up on a play. It's a bungle Flow. play. It screams to me. It's a mistake. Yeah, but it's but it screams to me easy fodder for the fans to just yell at William Nylander. Yeah, like I don't think this this isn't a play that we should be microanalyzing because he makes this he makes the smart decision there. Like I don't know, eight times out of ten, occasionally it looks kind of like this, and Jernat comes up with the puck. But like yeah. most of the time, Willie's making the right play in the corner there. I don't like the singling out of Willie Tavares. Hall even because the team was so bad. Everybody was ass. Everyone was ass. And I don't know. How do you get your team to just stop taking fucking penalties? Like, yeah, it's Tampa. Tampa's doing an amazing job of drawing them. Mm -hmm. Brandon Hagel's 
Brandon Hagel's drawn like five penalties in this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I was told not Hagel's to worry awesome. about Brandon Hagel by Leaf fans before the series. Oh, when the Hag- well, he was he his numbers are poor. Like they were yeah. because he doesn't need to score in Tampa. He's like he's only got three goals in fifteen games because he's not in Chicago. No, they didn't get him for uh, uh, the regu- they didn't get him for the regular. When season. Hagel was chirping at the end of the game, he had a smile on his face. Why? Fuck it. Ah, I loved that. Why didn't Engvall go him? <laughs> That made oh, no sense. To fight there? I don't know. A hundred percent. A guy half your size challenges you to a fight in a game I mean, you're getting your ass kicked he was, in? He was, Take that. He was Joker laughing in his face. Yes. <laughs> Take that. Oh, my God, Pierre. <laughs> That's Listen, if you grab him and ragdoll him, we all get to talk about you like you're uh, this bastard villain. He dropped his gloves in your face. This is a guy that has been torching your team. You're getting killed by the amount of penalties you're taking, and no one's drawn more than him. He drops his gloves. He gives you an open invite, and you don't take it? Learn something about the friggin' playoffs. Are you serious? Did the refs jump in too soon? Abs- no! <laughs> and listen, if you're a giraffe, reach around them! Because the, the, when he, he, they were holding each other, Hagel drops his gloves, and he's like, all right, let's go, and the refs get right in there. Yeah, the other thing you, you have, can do. You have a license to beat the brakes off of one of Tampa's most abrake, uh, 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 effective players, and you don't take it. That's, that's and Well, if you don't want to fight, the other thing you can do is just grab them and hold them, right? Yeah. No. Maybe try to wrestle them. No. Uh, Get one. Get one. Well, but listen. if that's not option or if you're not comfortable or whatever, because listen, I don't think I've ever seen Pierre Angle fight anyone. He hasn't. Well, have so, you seen Brandon Hagel fight anyone? I, Stay I don't like know. a playoffs. Get comfortable. <laughs> Jesus. Are you serious? <laughs> Do you want to win this or not? No, 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 no. Like, okay, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, like, head injuries and stuff and fighting and its future in the game. Listen, if fighting was gone tomorrow, you would get far less protest from me than most people who rant about hockey for a living. But as long as it's here and the guy is the aggressor, drops his gloves in your face and you're looking down at him like this a solid seven inches RSVP that invite (laughs) are you serious I'm gonna glue your mic to the fucking table yo man the guy with the subwoofer subwoofer guy you're gonna have to replace it at this point use the gloves Pierre Uh, (laughs) use the glue that uh, Pierre uses on his gloves (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind that he didn't fight it doesn't like I don't I don't like if we're talking micro shit that that drove me nuts you have an open invite. The guy's drawn four or five penalties. What's wrong with So that? the other thing people are talking about today, Luke Fox actually had a fiery column at sportsnet.ca. If you're an angry Leaf fan, I highly suggest you check it out. Uh, but also, um, he he did a, his hit with Sean McKenzie on Sportsnet, and I was watching this morning. I thought it was interesting. So when, when the Leafs decided to pull Jack Campbell, to me anyway, maybe I'm dumb, it made sense because you don't want your starting goalie injured in a game that you probably don't have a great shot in. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have a great shot in. Um, so, you know, you have a chat and say, listen, Jack, nothing personal. We got to play up. Luke Fox on TV was like, I don't like that that played out pers- publicly. He's like, you have a chat with him in the dressing room. You don't talk to him on the ice. You just pull the goalie. You're the head coach. So I thought, I thought that was an interesting take. Cause I'd never really thought of it that way. And I just kind of wanted to know what you guys thought. Cause I didn't see it as a big deal and I still don't, but I thought it was an interesting, different point of view. I think it was botched because the decision was made on the bench. And th- this is what I thought on the stream. The streams are so weird for me. I don't hear the feed at all. So 
but I so I, a lot of time you're like, what happened? I can't see where you know. Yeah, they made the decision on the bench. We're gonna pull him, and we're gonna do it after this penalty kill because we don't want to send Shelgren in to the middle of the penalty kill. And then what did the Leafs do? They took another fucking penalty. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Kasha double minor. So then the pulling of the goalie got delayed until the end of the five on three. Right, but then I think there was like a TV timeout mm-hmm. or something, and that's when it happened. So I think I think Keith was stuck you know, between a rock and a hard place. Supposedly Marner broke the news to Campbell. And to that, I must ask why, why that's not your news to break. What are you doing? Well, maybe he had to relay it for the, the maybe it was loud maybe. in there. Yeah. And he's, true. A, and he's a captain. He's yeah. He's, he's got a letter. So I think that went the way it did because that was the circumstance. Uh, there was also the quote from Keith when he actually he talked about the incident. Uh, David Alter had it, it an incident, and <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I think it became a media storyline, but it wasn't really a storyline within the team. So this is what Keith said uh, post game. I'm just trying to get a sense of where he's at. This is why he talked to him on the ice. He's battling, and I know he's going to continue to battle. We need him to be good for the next game, so it's more. It's more so just a mindset and want to be sure that he wasn't feeling like he really wanted to finish the game and put in a good showing or anything like that. I just made it clear to him that it's obviously a long way to come back and we need him to be good for the next game. Ultimately, we made the decision. I made the decision a few minutes prior and we had already had Shalgren ready to go coming out of the timeout, but wanted to talk with Jack first. So I that's still, what happened. I don't I think there's was, anything wrong with that. No, I thought it was a very clear thing amongst the coach and the player and that Campbell's not going to feel any type of way about it. Don't take... Again, again, this is a story born from what? They took they took too many friggin' penalties. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to ask the, you... The Leafs are the... I never would have thought the Leafs would be on the wrong end of this. <laughs> like... I know. People actually... Somebody tweeted me the other day like, this is what you asked for. And I'm like, I know. And that's not. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying it's bad on the Leafs. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. My this complaints is, are they're calling the game. My complaints are to do what they're doing stupid shit. And not, look, not with officiating. And look at what the yeah. When people say weak call, I get it because based on past playoffs, it has been extremely weak play calling. But this is what they're calling this playoff. Leafs so, haven't really complained either. I don't think they should. No, I don't dumb. think they should because they they have been asking. They for are this. dumb fucking penalties too that they're playing. Yeah. They're dumb. Now, last question on the Leafs, guys. Unless Jesse, you want to get into something? I was going to say a lot of some of the stupid narrative has been people blaming Leafs fans for complaining all season about the officiating, and now it's coming back to you guys. You guys complained all season, and now you're actually getting calls. They're called to get the team. So stupid people coming uh, at Leafs fans. People just. Get out of here. Some people's identity is they don't even like their own team. They just hate Leaf fans, and they all had the tissues out last night. And you know what? Fill your boots. Have some fun. I don't, I'm in. I'm fucking thrilled with the way the first four games have gone. Yeah. Thrilled. But let yeah. me just ask you one last question, Careful guys. Careful before you get hairy palms. John Tavares. John Tavares. Six games now without a goal in the playoffs. Now, he played half a game against Montreal, so that's not exactly fair. <laughs> yeah. But... But people are like, well, Matthews hasn't scored since, uh, when did he score? Game one, where he had two. Yeah, and then what? Marner's actually, Marner's got six points in four games, so yes. he's producing. Yeah, Marner's played the majority of the series because of all the penalty I know. Time. Nylander's been good, I thought, anyway. I think he was a little off in game yeah, one, but he still yeah. scored. Now you're he's not crazy about it. Okay, so Tavares, though. Tavares yeah. made a really nice play on the Willie goal. That's a little stop up and Ber- finding it. Berkshire, Berkshire asked the question yesterday, and I thought it's, it's it's worth asking here. 
Would the Leafs have been better off not signing Tavares a few summers ago, keeping Kadri, and 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 this is Andrew's words. He said that John Tavares has got mostly empty calorie offense. I don't have the strength. No, not Andrew. now. Not now. Like not now. That's that's a summer discussion, and I've been such a good boy. Okay, so then, I've so then, are you worried? So in the context then of this series, fair enough. Let's keep it scoped to here. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about John Tavares in this series? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the speed for this series at all. It's a problem. It's a big, big problem. And if there was a lineup adjustment to be made, like here's the problem: You're you too- try him on the wing. I would. I absolutely no. would. Don't tweak. You're saying don't tweak, Jesse. Why? When? Wh- how many He's times? Playing this well. se- how many times this season has John Tavares played on the wing? None. Let's try it out in the playoffs. Game number five, baby. He's, he's played. Let's I go. think he's played on the wing internationally because you play with multiple centers. I would try. Well, and here's here's the thing. It'd be nice if they had tried this in the regular season. Game five against the Lightning at home is not exactly when I would try tinkering with this sort of thing. But I think you could do. I think you could reunite the Tavares, Kerfoot, Willie line. Have Kerfoot in the middle. I wondered about that too. But can Kerfoot win faceoffs like Tavares does? Or do you just Fuck have to switch? Have Tavares, yeah, literally have Tavares win the face off and then switch. <laughs> you can do that. Do it. Interesting. Not time. Not, not place. time. Okay, that's fair. It's too late now. I just want to know. You know, I, I just want to know if we're worried about. Uh, um, you know, I just want to know if we're worried about this, and it seems like we are a little bit. I just, I want to see a breakthrough performance in game. You need to. We need to notice John Tavares more on the ice. That's the thing. He's been disappearing a lot. We don't see him. I bring up the Willie play because that was a nice play. Sure. I want to see more of that. But like, he had time and space. Like you said, it was also five two in the game. It was five two, and it was four on four. Oh, was it? I don't even yeah. remember that. It was four on four um, for the fourth time yeah. in the game. There was there's space there. If it was four on four, yeah. there was space. He's had. He needs to do a better job finding time and space because Tampa has given him none. So, uh, Barry Trotz was fired today. Uh, not on my bingo card. I, I thought he did a good job. He, uh, I was reading a, a friend of the show, Andy Graziano's tweets, and it seems like, first off, it seems like Islanders fans are pissed, uh, which you rarely see Islanders fans mad at the Islanders, but, this, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, Island, so, as a coach... Barry Trotz's record was 152, 102, 34, 587. Wow. And then the playoffs, he was positive. 28, uh, 28 wins, 21 losses, 571. Uh, he basically, he's the highest points percentage of any Islanders coach ever. Wow. And given how the Islanders had to start this year, which is mostly on the road, um, and the fact that they refused to go out and really sign any goal, uh, goal scoring, um. I mean, listen, uh, we thought that they were a better team than they were in the second half of the season. They showed they were a better team, but it was already too far gone at that point. It makes me wonder and makes me think that there had to be some major change of or difference of opinion between Lou Lamorell and Barry Trotz to the point where they could not go forward with the direction of the team. Well, I, I can't help but notice, and I don't know anything like inside track, but I can't help but notice this is now the second consecutive firing well second consecutive time uh barry trotz has left a team as their head coach under bizarre circumstances mm-hmm. like this sort of thing makes me go makes me look at barry trotz's departure from washington literally the summer after the, the well and they made weeks the de- after winning the stanley they Cup. they made the decision before that season started that was his last year though 
because of money supposedly yeah. but do like ted leonsis isn't going to pay for a stanley cup winning head coach the first head coach to ever bring a cup to washington i don't know if i totally buy that like i'm sure it's a factor i don't i don't know if i buy that that's very strange there's very strange circumstances and now we have literally the winningest regular season head coach in islanders history brought them within a hair of the stanley cup the past two years unfortunate circumstances they're very obviously going to have a bounce back season next year what's going on why would he do that so andy graziano again he's a columnist at uh wfan 660 said uh only thing i was privy to over the course of uh of this trying season was some headbutts between trots and barzal but i thought that that was just frustration over the season and where it was going impossible to know how much of a factor that played in today's news i doubt very highly that a lou lamorello run team would worry about one player no matter how good they are the only thing like i look at the islanders and i look at their future and me i don't know how great of a fit trots is anymore um because he's a metapod coach like just defense 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 a lot of the guys they've drafted and a lot of guys they've hitched their wagon to are kind of offensive players offensively gifted you know barzal bovillier dobson like that back end i mean you don't need a brilliant defensive coach to succeed with that back end in uh, in Long Island. But two years ago, you did. Yeah. I mean, what the Islanders yeah. did. Let's not forget what the Islanders did the first year Barry Trotz was in town. The first year Lou Lamorella was in town when everybody thought, oh, this team sucks. And this guy, Robin Leonard, who's not worked out anywhere, is going to be their goalie. And he's like a Masterton winner and a Vesna nominee. And, and Grice was a god. Grice was a god. Sorokin is a god. Like, it's, there's obviously the, the right goaltending coach, but Barry Trotz shocked the hell out of the world when that Islanders run that we, we were just on they started. They should have finished last. They should have finished last. That team was not supposed to be good. <laughs> Dude. And so, so, like, I, I, and Islanders fans right now, I'm following them, following along. They are like flabbergasted. They're like, wow, it was so nice to see a winning team for once. Well, and they were the ones when uh, they initially lost Tavares. They were the ones like, this team's going to be shit. <laughs> and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. There was something in the New York Post that I read today that I thought was really interesting because it's this isn't out of, like, it's not strange to have this happen uh, from a Lou Lamorello team. No, it's not. So Ethan Sears wrote this in the New York Post. He said, uh, <laughs> it's far from the first time He's made a surprise decision to move on from a head coach. This is Lou. In 2000, when he served as general manager for the Devils, Lamorello fired Robbie Forek with eight games. Fatorik. Torek? Fatorik. Yeah, Fatorik. I remember Robbie. Uh, fired Robbie Fatorik with eight games left in the season, hired Larry Robinson, who went on to win the Stanley Cup of the franchise. Seven years later, Lamorello fired Claude Julian with three games left in the season, and the Devils holding the best record in the East. Yeah. This is a thing, a pattern that Lou Lamorello does and he has. He loves to fire his head coach. And I kind of trust that if he thinks the Islanders need a new voice in the room and that Barry Trotz isn't the right voice to lead this team, I kind of trust that he knows what's going on. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, it could be a mutual thing as well because Trotz is going to go to the Jets. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the, so a lot of Red Wings fans today are like, the eyes are playing. Because Blashill's will not be back. They don't have Blashill. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was long overdue. I think Jeff Blashill hung on to that gig because it's like, well, do we need to hire a new coach right now for this terrible team? Yeah, supposedly or- he's like a popular, well-liked guy. It's just his uh, 
record sucks. What's the what's the quote from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Nice guy, uh, fuck nice you. guy, fuck you. <laughs> go play with your kids. Go, go. So second prize set of stick notes. No, no, I think <laughs> third prize is you fired. I think the, I think that the, that I know that Lou Lamorello does this, and I know sometimes it has worked. But Robbie Fatorik's firing was like two thousand one, two thousand. Yeah, that's a long fucking time ago, guys. Mm-hmm. That's. 22 years ago. And yeah. then the Claude Julian won. The seven years later. Yeah. but That's 15 years ago. Yeah, and then Lou now Lamarell we got this. Old, though, so yeah. that was recently for him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In the, in the lifespan like, of... I, I don't know. I, 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 I just, don't think his mentality has changed in the later 20 years of his life. I remember... <laughs> I remember know? like... Lou Lamorello, progressive. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I just wonder about that and think like the reason... The only issue really with the Islanders this year is A, they couldn't play at home. And then when they could play at home, they couldn't score. Well, they didn't do anything to address the school scoring issue, which we knew was an issue last year. So who's that on? Mm-hmm. And, and let, me, let me make clear, too, because Lou Lamorello in the press conference today was asked, why'd you, why did you, uh, and a lot of Islanders fans are getting on him for this. Mm-hmm. Why did you fire Barry Trotz? Why, why was this decision made? And Lou Lamorello said, I'd rather not get into the details. And everybody's like, oh. Did so he hold a press conference? Yeah. Yeah. W- why? Because he fired his head coach. Yeah, but he didn't, what's the point if you're not going to say anything? Well, people call him Mr. Accountable, and they're saying, so you're not accountable for your actions then, but everybody else has to be. That's interesting. That's so ridiculous. I also, so the goal scoring issue, um, I think, I wonder if Lou Lamorello thinks the issue just solved itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, this team is, I mean, we can, <laughs> no disrespect to Barry Trotz, I think we can be fairly confident they will improve offensively next season. Yeah, that's Lou, what I'm the issue to say is. Here. Will it be at the sacrifice? Of Steve, Stephen Wino, Lou Lamorello's quotes. I'm going to read them for you. It would be a tremendous understatement to say this was an easy decision, or this was not an easy decision. Unfortunately, it is my role to make the best decisions for the organization. This group needs a new voice. So maybe that bar is all thing isn't so far off. Lamorello said he and ownership only knew about the decision before he told Trotz this morning, and he did not consult with players. I'd rather not get into any of the reasons because that's my job upon the. Uh, so excuse me. I'd rather not get into any of the reasons because that's my job. Uh, uh, you know, I have experience with these types of decisions because I think there's, a, there's a, um, a misquote in here. And then when asked why he thought Islanders players needed a new voice, those are not questions that I will answer as far as what I thought. It's, obviously, uh, it's obvious that I thought quite a bit about making this type of decision. Did I consult with anyone on this decision? The answer is no. Did I speak to the players on this decision? No. I would never even consider thinking anything like that. Good. So Lou made this, told ownership this morning, told Good. Barry this morning, and the players are finding out on Twitter. Good. That That's dude, how Lou operates, right? That dude is more on brand than Coca-Cola. I know. Like, yeah. yeah. No, Lou should have all autonomy if you're going to give him the power. If you're going to give him the keys, give him the keys. You imagine Good. Yeah. Well, a man, he, who, what is he, 79? 76. Uh, seven, yeah. You know, Matt, what do you think about this? <laughs> I can't. Like, I can't. I know. Lou's going to make decisions. And I, f- I trust that if he thinks they need a new voice and that this will improve them offensively, that he's not wrong. Yeah. And by default, they will be better because they won't spend a whole half season on the road. And they're going to have a whole new energy to their team. They're going to have a new head coach and they'll improve. Easy way better. Young guys will get a little bit better. It's they a, are still too old in parts. It's an easy W for Lou because they're by default getting better. He doesn't have to pay Barry Trotz because Barry Trotz is going to command a big payday. 
and he can go to Winnipeg and lose with Shifley. <laughs> so do you? Really, I gotta okay. say, if I'm in the division of the team that he goes to, I'm very upset about this. Well, and, <laughs> and you look at look at what he's got, right? He's got Nedeljkovic potentially as his goalie in Detroit, who could use a rebound season, but we know he's got the talent. Yeah, does well in in, in tight def- you know defensive systems, as we saw with Carolina and Rod Brindamore. Um, you got the former Vesna winner Connor Hellebuck, who is still among the league's best. That's awfully attractive to a defensive minded coach. Lou with that core. In Winnipeg, the d- defense core. You mean Barry? Barry. Yeah. What did I say? You said Lou. Oh, my bad. Like I'm just imagining a a Brendan Dillon on a Barry Trotz team, and I just don't want to be the player on the other end of that. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be no, so. No, they could be a very good team yeah. with uh, Trotz. And what about some new voices? What about Vancouver? Oh. Boudreaux's gonna come back. That's well, just, maybe that's maybe, a lot of possible. Maybe they just say to him, uh, you, you know what? Uh, I know that's in your contract, but we don't want you. We we Barry Trotz is now available. That is not a fit. No, no, because they want to be offensive and fast skating, right? I think so. I just thought I'd throw them out there. No, I I like it. You got to go through the list. That's not a fit to me. How do you get Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler to play defense? You uh, trade them. <laughs> Did you see? I mean, Winnipeg's the perfect team for a guy like Barry Trotz because. There are they are going to be if those guys get traded. There's going to be limited talent on the roster. Is he from? I think he's a Manitoba guy too. Yeah, he's from Winnipeg. Did you see the uh, report from Shifley that he said he didn't request a trade? No, I think it was in the uh, one of the intermission panels. I I didn't request a trade. Shirt is. (laughs) (laughs) They followed up with him about his uh, post uh, post season interviews with the coaches and management, and he said he did not request a trade. So. There you go. Shifley's sticking around, apparently. Heart into a bottle, throw it into the ocean, open it on the other side, sniff it. No. They're going to be... I don't believe it. I, I'm, I'm very curious about... Well, there's a difference between requesting a trade and saying, I don't want to be here. Hmm. Right? It was like... It's like the difference between, no, we're not trying to trade PK Subban, but we are taking calls on him. I... Call me. Let's... Um, I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm just responding to direct messages from multiple different people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Totally normal. To, to sexually exact, exact same messages. thing we here. I just, no, great. Come on. Great comparison. I don't, you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't give me the... Shaif was... Uh, he, was uh, he was already out the door on that press conference. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to be the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He's mm-hmm. going to be announced as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets while I'm there. In Winnipeg? When are you going to Winnipeg? A couple weeks. Why? He's got a wedding. Oh, you got a wedding? He's brought this up like a hundred times. Steve's big event of the year. (laughs) I haven't been on a flight. (laughs) I know. For a very long time. You've told us eight times. You know what? Eat shit. There, Mexico or wherever uh, yeah. you went. You went to Mexico? Uh, no, you know, I was in Vegas for you know, like a week. You know, That's Steve, cool too. Here's where Steve you goes on holiday. You didn't tell me about that. Here's yeah, where Steve I goes did. On. We did, I, did part, I did two podcasts from Vegas. Um, uh, Steve goes on holiday in, in Winnipeg and follows it up with a nice cold trip to Scotland in the middle of summer. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> They're coming here. Are they? Oh, oh great. Your yeah. in-laws? No, yeah. I know. We just, we, I always laugh at you because I know you don't like the beach. And so it's sort of like, you know, it's like, what else can you do? Well, we're going to go see the biggest nickel in Ontario in Sudbury or something no, like I that. Like, I like the beach as long as it's freezing cold and facing the North Sea. <laughs> there you go. I have <laughs> dipped my toes in the North Sea. I like a good woolly sweater Man, in my summer trip. You know what? That wasn't warm. Did you put your, did you put your, the North Sea, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wrote "Go Leafs into the sand." I've, I know you did. I'm not that. I'm not surprised by. Pierre Maguire has been fired by the Sens. Ten months. 
<laughs> I mean, so funny, dude. We all thought he was a Eugene guy, and yeah, I mean, I bet it took. Can I? Can I ask a serious one question? season? My my first question in reading that was who fired him. I was just about to ask that. Who? What happened to my voice? Who? Who? Know? And I told you guys this the week Eugene died, and I know everybody was like, "Well, you shouldn't talk about that." Who's in charge of the Sens right now? That's kind of a valid question. Who runs the Sens? I know his daughters were out and that sort of thing. Is it the family? Is it tr- is it in a trust? How does that work? What wouldn't the decision come from Pierre Dorian? Anthony no, LeBlanc. Pierre, they were they were equals. Yeah, but what's his? Mm-hmm. He's president of the uh, Senators. Dorian. Oh, well, McGuire was it, not it come from him. Then. McGuire yeah. was a senior advisor in a Melnick. Mag- I, we we speculated at the time that if Dorian was fired by the end of the year, it would be McGuire that'd be taking over, right? right? And I don't think Dorian had the ability to fire McGuire. I just don't think that's the org chart. So you, it's who is well, it again? Still on the site. So uh, the president is Anthony LeBlanc, and then we got a uh, I don't know who would be at, on top of him. I don't know if there's anybody else, but it, it would have been Anthony then. I'm sorry about that sniff into the. My allergies. Um, it so probably. If I I would assume Pierre Dorian would have that power as well, if because Pierre would report to Dorian as the VP of Player Development. That was Pierre Maguire's job. Yeah. So he Pierre Dorian, I guess, it, maybe as a manager, has a power to fire. If, like in call in consultation with Anthony DeBlanc. I don't know who is going to have the Hartford style break. What do you who mean? Who is well? I'm referencing the famous article written about. Pierre Maguire's coaching tenure with the Hartford Whalers, where he was <laughs> where he, which he can't and barbecued. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Skewered and barbecued um, to a char. Um, I would love to hear about the 10 months that Pierre Maguire was in Ottawa. I'm fascinated by that. Fascinated. I, I am too. I, I And I want to know, because... You know somebody's going to have the inside story. Like, Ian Mendez is on this right now. And it's, you know that... Ian. Drop it, Ian. Give the people what they want. Drop that mixtape. 100%. It's going to happen. Drop it. Um, Just, I, I'm anticipating this more than Kendrick's album. Like, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's hilarious, by the way. Um, uh, if you look at the West, Edmonton series, just like Toronto. Edmonton Kinda. is Edmonton's just pulling the Leafs. You know, uh, there was a clip going around where I was like, oh. No chance Edmonton scores six in LA. <laughs> and I was right. They scored eight. Is that what you said? Yeah. And I said there's no chance they score six and, and I scored And I said oh I said, no, don't estimate <laughs> underestimate to know who had a terrible game on Friday. And then they and got so, shut out. Yeah. Last night, that was LA's game last night. Oh, That's yeah. what I expect. Well, more along the lines of what I expect. That I didn't expect the others to get shut out. I didn't you know what I didn't realize as a storyline for that series is Todd McClellan's the coach. For the Kings. Oh, wow. He's taking on his former team. I was just sort of like going through and, and watching post-game pressers. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's, oh, it's I Todd McClellan. Totally forgot. Who we have not talked about since he was the coach in Edmonton. No. Um, on the uh, on the second pairing there, I was just I was just looking up. They put in Troy Stetcher and they took out Jordan Spence, their, their rookie. And I was like, who would have thought that Troy Stetcher would be the man to stabilize the defense in a game four? Stetcher, wasn't it Stetcher Edler? Yeah, uh, yes. Maybe Edler might have been on the fourth line. I had the lineup there. Yeah, it was Edler Stetcher and then Mata Dursey on the on the third pairing. Like, and I like Dursey, but Mata <laughs> can be tough. It's uh, it's it's incredible to see what the Kings get out of their players and the 
the storyline, the narrative for that game was the Dustin Brown love fest because that could have been his last game ever in LA. If if they lose that game oh. and then the, you lose the next one in Edmonton, his career's done because he's going to retire at the end of the season and that's right. his last ever game in LA. And he showed up like he knew the crowd was going to be there for him because um, it could be his last game. And it's just it's great to see the Kings when they when they're all out there zipping and they're playing this incredible defense and then Jonathan Quick is behind them playing like 2012 Jonathan Quick. Yeah, they're what a fantastic. F- what team. the fuck was that? Like, wait, first off, that that non glove glove save where he has no glove on. And then the block. You saw that blocker save. Did you see that in slow mo? He caught one quarter of one inch of that puck and like, just got it out of there. We some people are people are hot on Jonathan Quick or cold. I think he's probably the most athletic goalie of his generation because he plays a style where he has to be athletic. He routinely <laughs> turns himself into a capital H that has fallen over, and I don't know how he does it. I, I don't and know. he is an older man now. He's not, he's not oh, yeah. a young man. How don't you hear a snap in his groin that echoes off the roof of the building every time that guy takes the ice? Yeah. He is truly Gumby. He's three years younger than Mike Smith. Explain. Someone explain. Someone I know. Make it make sense. Him and Mike Smith are crazy. It's, it's the what? oldest. They're, like Their combined ages in this series are 76. What? Oh, God. It's beautiful, chaotic energy that they're playing against each other. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Wild. Still doing it. Still doing it. Now, um, uh, let's get into. Uh, I, I mean, first up, actually, before we get out of Edmonton, I do want to ask you this: Did you guys see the Grundstrom goal that was double reviewed? I did. Where I, he's sort of a torpedo, and I didn't hit. understand the double review. Okay, so you didn't understand. What didn't you understand about it? How you're able to do that? I wasn't going to ask that about the rules. I figured. I, I sometimes I'd watch the NHL. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a rule. That's not really a surprise. There's a million rules. Um, but Grunstrip, did you think that that was a goal? Oh boy! Here, let All me right, let me pull it up. Him, let me pull it up. I'll throw on my glasses. And I got it you got it there, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody listening, uh, Carl Grunstrip basically throws his body into Mike Smith. He's a torpedo. He's a human so torpedo. This, this angle, Jesse, the overhead is useless to me because I need to see. If he's responsible for torpedoing himself into the net, it's no goal. <laughs> if he's pushed, it's a goal. All right, here's the uh, the other angle. That's the fun angle. But um, the argument wasn't it the argument uh, that he punched it in. Yeah, here we go. So what do you? So that's nurse. Yeah. Also, nurse. Nurse uh, essentially uh, takes him down. He falls into the net. Accidentally. The, uh, yeah. The puck I mean, goes in all at once. He takes him out with his feet. Nurse goes right, right after him. I love it. There's a whole bunch of scuffling. I'm surprised. I love that Mike Smith is arguing the goal while, <laughs> like, the ref doesn't have time to hear that shit. There's a line brawl going on, man. So it, I think it's clearly a goal because uh, he's taken down. Like that would have been a tripping penalty mm-hmm. on Nurse. He look, he takes him down with his with his skates with his legs, and then he goes flying into the goal, and it, the puck goes in. What do you say about the argument that it's a penalty, not a goal? Because I did see some of that. Because uh, uh, I don't think Edmonton makes contact with the puck before it goes in the net. Like, I don't think Mike Smith touches it to where it's possession, stop play, penalty, you know? Now, we got we to gotta take that. context and history into account here. Because if I'm an Oilers fan this morning, uh, this morning, this morning, I'm wondering what on earth the other team needs to do to get called for goalie interference against the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. No, I know, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> Dude, that's 
I mean, what do they got to do? This isn't quite as bad as Kessler. It's I still, I you know, still you know what also was, was bad was did you see the uh, the Boston goal last night with DeBrusque? No. Where literally the puck is underneath uh, Auntie Ranta's pad, but he can't see it, and the ref doesn't call it. It's underneath his pad in Boston. There are, that's so strange, and they are they are chopping at his pad, and, they, and literally they just push the pads out from under him. And the puck goes in, and that was fine. Well, do you want to see it? I want to see it. Yeah, I'll show you. Uh, it's I love this. It's pretty wild. Uh, oh, Jesse's got it up. I mean, how is that loose? I need to see. Where is it? Yeah, the, it's I, underneath the goalie. Oh, is that it right there? I don't. I don't even. So then he hits it. Debrus hits it here, and then it goes shoots up into the net. He gets solid contact on the puck. That's he, my only thing. Yeah, you know? I, I, I <laughs> it must be loose because if he it goes was totally under. Okay, well, now, do you know done. where the ref is at this point? No, behind he, the net. He can't see the puck. He should be behind the, the ref. Should, no, I know, but it, but what I'm saying is that there's no way the ref would have known that that was that was it's loose. Little, Therefore, it should be should have been blown. Down. Nah, he goes. Little, little he goes guesswork. top. He goes top shelf. Yeah, I'm a, thinking that's loose. Puck, before that, before that, it was loose. underneath Anti Ranta, and the ref did not see it. He knew and it was nah, underneath. If a puck's loose, you can't go. If a puck's not loose, you can't go top shelf. I'm I'm with the Bruins here. Yeah, that's a goal. Man, wow. a lot of people, couple of Judases here. Judai. A lot of people were with the Bruins yesterday, which is not an angle I expected from this series. But uh, Brad Marchand and Tony D'Angelo uh, had a little love fest. And who do you think won that one? Uh, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley. Uh, that's uh, you're a racist is not a common chirp in the National Hockey League. Is that what he said? Oh, yeah. I missed that. Oh, you didn't see that? <laughs> he literally said to him, you're a racist? It's I don't think it was ever confirmed, but yeah, Jesse's got the video up right now. Uh, I think D'Angelo said something about his nose, and uh, Marchant... <laughs> you're racist. You're fucking racist. That's what he said right there. Clear as day. Jesus. I don't know if it's clear as day, but... Oh, Jesse, stop. All right, here we go. Watch. Everybody's watching Brad Marchant chirping at Tony D'Angelo. Um, Adam's seen this for the first time. You're racist. Right there. You're fucking racist. It's, it's a you're a, you're a fucking racist. It looks like. And, and then at the I, end you know of what? the game, D'Angelo throws his stick at him. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh boy, that's this... a crazy chirp. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy cow. That is. That's that. Wow. It's 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 quite surreal. <laughs> There's also not much of it. Retort. If you're a Flames fan, are you concerned that your 40, 40, 40, 35 goal guys have a combined two goals through the first three games of this series? Okay. Dallas, don't take this the wrong way. For the sake of the health of hockey, we need you to lose. Why do you need that? Please don't make me watch this again. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. And it's nothing against you. I have defended your jerseys at every turn. No, you haven't. They're garbage. Are, they look like shit. I have defended them. You say they're garbage. I have defended them. You have young, exciting players. You have one of the most underrated players in the league in Rupe Hints. I mean, Jason Robertson, too. You know, there's, there's a lot to like about Dallas, except for how they play. <laughs> now, <laughs> they are winning. I could see how you would like it, but as a neutral observer... Boo hiss. <laughs> Boo hiss trash. Also, you'll ruin my bracket. Please stop. I'm going to be honest. 
I've turned off two of these games. <laughs> Dude, they, <they're laughs> so they suck. They they're suck. So <laughs> like the yeah. the one nothing game was it was brutal to watch. Yeah. And it's effective. Oh, no yeah. one's saying they're bad. Oh, yeah. No one's saying it's not effective. Oh, yeah. But you are out boring Daryl Sutter. Mamma mia. That is that's too much for me, and I'm out. I tap out. The most interesting thing interesting thing about Thank this God series in the West. is the John Klingberg storyline that is actually a, a storyline. Which is How is that a thing? Which is he's mad at Anderson and now two games in a row he and Kachuk have gone toe to toe. And Kachuk's won both. But you know. At least he's trying. Has he? So, I mean, it's a wrestling match, really. You got to be out of the box, bro. Yeah. You got to be out of the box. It's obviously not working having Klingberg in. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bracket ruiner. And speaking of bracket ruiner, how about them caps? Um, well, you can't, you can't just move on to another series. How no? dare you? Um, oh. What do you want to say? The, uh, the exciting thing for the series for me, I was trying to bring this up real quick, is Mr. Jake Ottinger. Oh, buddy. Uh, I wanted to bring up Does his... Billy Uso know you're cheating on him? <laughs> we'll get to oh, that. yeah. Because fucking Bennington. Um, <laughs> but Billy Uso, I don't have his, his stats over the last couple of games. Uh, NHL playoffs, Jake Ottinger, NHL playoffs, 22-23. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. 963. How many? Where's the saves now? I don't have the total amount of saves. Do you have it? Uh, oh, I thought it was. That, right there. There, there it is. There it is. He stopped oh, 93 of 96. Three games this this uh, playoffs. 93 saves out of 96 shots. Goals the man is, average of 101. The man is <laughs> unbelievable. And you throw in the one shot out in there. And he's he's really holding this team together. He's outdueling Markstrom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. All Dallas is doing is finding a way to get a couple goals here. And that's all they need to win the game. It's proven that, okay, if we can just get two or three past past Markstrom, we're going to win the game. And they've done that twice now. And the other one, they barely lost. And I'm worried about Calgary if their offense doesn't turn it on because Dallas has found a way to just stifle them. So we'll see how the next three games go. But Dallas might just, it might be a situation where we look back on the series and we're like, Jake Ottinger just stole a playoff series for the Dallas Stars and the team that we thought was going to challenge Colorado for the Western Conference Championship is now out in the first round. A lot of people have him going to the final. A lot of people have him winning it. This like, is uh, this is a big one. Yeah. Very big one. What about this, the Panthers guys? Same there, position. There's, but, and there's also a storyline for Calgary where we look back and we say teams need to go through this to get there. The ta- mm-hmm. Tampa did it. Colorado did it. Yep. And this was the first year. I, I mentioned this coming in where they haven't done it before. This mm-hmm. core hasn't been there. And this is their first year that they're doing it. And if they lose here, it just might be, hey, this is your growing pains. You come back next year and you're better. Right. This, this is more surprising to me than the Panthers being down 2-1 to the yeah. Caps. Okay, but, why? Uh, because I, I don't think, because of how mediocre they were in general, over the course of the season, people weren't paying enough attention to how good the Caps were down the stretch. They were really good down the stretch. And the Panthers, I'm sorry, it's, uh, it's, it's worth noting they got 26 points in the standings from overtime wins. Overtime wins. Coin flip games. Coin flips. Coin flips. Coin flips that are not available to you in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're just not. I don't know. Playoff don't Bobrovsky. Know. Playoff Bobrovsky. Now a two-one lead is not a, you know, it's not a death sentence. Um, I was actually I was texting Ian Olin from Russian Machine Never Breaks. This reminds me a little bit of 
Leafs caps from 2017, except the roles are reversed. Ah. Mm. So the caps are now the underdog up to one after three, but they would be wise to remember that the caps went on to win three straight and the Leafs were eliminated. Yeah. yeah. They're also doing it without Tom Wilson, which is huge. Yeah. They're able to would have never guessed. Underman, they're able to get things done. Would have never and guessed that in a million years. Florida, like, I don't want to rule it out to, oh, it's playoff hockey and that stuff, but Florida built their team around scoring and offense and in the playoffs that thing disappears but no it hasn't this year it's playoff scoring is higher than it's been in mm-hmm. like a generation but for the panthers in particular they can't get it done They're floundering yeah but are the caps not built around goal scoring they're built around the yeah. greatest goal scorer of his generation That's true possibly of and, all time and shaky goaltending from them because they got two guys they can go with at any point but they've been getting solid goaltending you know None of it makes sense. It's it's, it's a, a fascinating series. Um, Jordan Bennington has a great game. Jordan Cairo and David Perron both score two goals, two more goals each. Uh, both are having insane preseason or postseason, excuse me. And the Wild uh, and the Blues are tied up. Deuces. Jesse's upset because Benner's in. There are some things uh, I was looking at in terms of uh, Jordan Bennington. First of all, it's his first win since they won the Stanley Cup. In the playoffs. Holy! The first win in the playoffs since they won the Stanley Cup. Wow. Game seven okay. Cup final. All right. Uh, his record since they went to the Stanley Cup final in the playoffs prior to this game was 0 9 with an 875. He went nine straight games losing. 875. Are you serious? Yes. Oh that's God. Bennington. That's his record. Okay. Jesse's so shook. Billy Huso. I could, I could hear the anger. Billy Huso in his first game. Great game. 919 save percentage. Of course it was. Game. Has he ever had a bad one? Uh, games two and three. Struggled, obviously. It's the reason they went with the other guy. But goalies are going to struggle. This is why you have two great goalies. Why? That, that wasn't the last time we're going to see Vili Huso in this oh, playoffs. Because I don't entirely trust Jordan Bennington. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Why would and then when he falters, Vili Huso will get a spot back. He sure will. So I'm not too concerned. What was impressive about the Blues and their victory, they did it with um, seven defensemen. Are? Yeah, yeah. They played a little, they played a little funky. Um, Tori Krug's going to be out for a while. That's right. That's a bummer for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Letty and Robert Bertuzzo weren't ready for game four. So, yeah, they went with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Um, the that's, Blues, so, that's so counterintuitive. They're, they're short defensemen, so they're using more. Right. Just to, to spread it out. To spread it out, yeah. yeah. And they played an exceptional game. And there's something to be said for NHL teams being given a challenge and stepping up in weird circumstances. And I love what I see out of the Blues. Also, the Jordan Bennington thing you brought up last episode about how fans get mad at us for talking about how um, he's he punches hot air head and, and hot head and all that stuff. He is so so. Um, prior to the game, they tell him, "Hey, you're going to be starting," mm-hmm. and then his reaction is just okay. So apparently, he's a quiet guy. That's what that's what oh, yeah. the uh, yeah I didn't I I just assumed he's what he is. Oh on no no X. no no he's quiet in interviews. So he's a quiet. So I guess that's why fans don't like when we're like oh Jordan Bennett is the hothead and that stuff. No we he's, he's, not, they don't like when we clown their favorite goalie because <laughs> he fake punches people and then lets yeah. his teammates take the fall for it. He's I think that's the that's the issue I have had with Jordan Bennington and yeah. and people are like but he does other stuff too. I'm like I understand that he's also a good goalie and won a Stanley Cup and the Leafs have won sixty seven. I fucking get it, man. <laughs> I get it, but he still fake punches people and then goes, okay, team, I started a fight. You go finish it. Uh, he wouldn't be the first player to be a completely different person mm-hmm. off the ice than all. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, for most players, I would argue that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, I think 
Well, Steve, I would <laughs> They're even, better people off the ice. I would argue that you're not LFR Steve most of the time. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It is. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that about his personality. And But this is why when you have the discussions about, oh, who's going to take the reins, Bennington or Huso? This is why you don't trade one of them at the trade deadline. This is why you play out the season with Huso as a UFA. This is why you, yeah. you accept uh, Bennington's giant contract extension and he hasn't lived up to it yet. And then you reach this point in the playoffs where one guy's struggling, you throw in the next guy, and he's over-motivated, and, and, and he plays well. By the way, that Bennington game uh, just got you a perfect trade in the offseason. <laughs> because he just he just yep. put in a great game. Yep. He had a 933 save percentage in the playoffs. Yep. General Manners is going to go, you know what? I don't want to watch the whole fucking game to see or, or have a look at the season. I know he did well in that one game in the playoffs. Six million bucks. We can handle it. Let's go. You're going to be like a yeah. junior scout and skip the third. And Tarasenko, uh, Tarasenko um, had, uh, I think he comes off the book. So they'll be able to resign Huso. Yeah, and I mean, if they do trade Bennington, it'll be an off-season move. 100%. Well, yeah. has to, I Ed, think at this point, it might have relief. to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry. I, that was an incomplete thought. It was always going to be that way is what oh, I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, never yeah, understood yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah, fuck. Right, sorry, yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, no. By the way, <laughs> you can no, ride the hot hand. playoffs he's gone. You can ride the hot hand, and it's a beautiful thing to see. I love the St. Louis Blues. I got them going deep, and I hope they pull out two more games. Every round in the playoffs, I always believe it's good to pick a, especially if your team's in it. So I only ever get to do this for the first round. But if your team is not in it even, uh, it's, it's good to pick a series that you're not emotionally attached to and you just watch for the entertainment. Mm. And New York and Pittsburgh has just been fucking great. I've Every done game. such a good job of shutting my brain off for that series. Oh, yeah, the best. You're just like, okay, Crosby's amazing. Malkin's amazing. Shesterkin. What? They pulled him. Georgiev comes in. Oh my God, New York's coming back. Like this is, yeah. this oh. series is, this series, every game could have gone completely the opposite direction. I, I've been watching this like I'm at medieval times. More, yeah. more wine. Yeah. More grog. Like, I, I don't care who wins. Entertain me. And uh, the amount of storylines. Oh, it's wonderful. What wonderful viewing. I think that um, I know that the heart votes have been cast, but I think a lot of them were magically changed once Shesterkin was pulled out. Um, <laughs> further putting him down further on the list of Heart Trophy candidates, even though the award's been voted on, he he has to lose votes now. Do you think he Sorry. ends up top three? In the heart? I don't. Like, goaltenders on the Rangers? No. <laughs> oh. No, in the Heart Trophy no. candidate? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's hard for goalies, right? They don't necessarily ever yeah. get the favor that they should for it. What a crop. It's really, I, if it's he doesn't end up in the top three, I don't think it's an insult to him. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, he's going to win the Vesna. Is that not enough? <laughs> I want to shout out the uh, Gensel Crosby Rust line oh one time. For, uh, through the first three games, this is from Jesse Marshall. They've controlled sixty percent <laughs> of the five on five shot attempts. Sixty percent of five on five shots from that line, controlling seventy six percent of five on five expected goals, outchancing New York. Cr Gensel Crosby and Rust are outchancing the Rangers. 45 to 14. Crosby is on fire. Yeah. Well, and also Brian Russ doesn't get enough credit for being mecha donk. Like he is, he's the final boss of Mark Donks. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the Mark Donk that stuck around. Like he's dude, he's so good. I, I, I think there's something to be said. And Steve, you mentioned this a couple episodes ago about somebody else, but watching 
players that people will be nostalgic about, but in their time. No, you mentioned it about Crosby. Did, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that was about Crosby. Yeah. yeah. Again, watching him this weekend, I was like, man, talk about a guy who is literally on fire. Through the legs pass. Like, what the fuck How do you was have that? a sexy empty netter assist? <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And and I I uh, I highly, highly recommend because you know what? It's fun. Pittsburgh is like, will they ever be together again? That's the position they're in. And New York's the, we're on up and coming. They're the, they're it's the, just perfect. They're the Eagles. Like just, <laughs> what? The, just so many farewell the tours. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not Philadelphia. Yeah. No, like no, sorry, nothing about the Penguins is Philadelphia. No, <laughs> no, for sure. They yeah. just uh, very different. Yeah. Just I can't wait for their farewell farewell tour uh, next year. It's gonna be uh, fantastic. So, um, those probably is, not as good as the twenty twenty. No. Uh uh-uh. uh What do you want to mention? Uh, mention the other series you haven't brought up. Which one did I forget? Oh. Yeah, huh? it's probably forgettable. I you might have something to say. About I don't know. What? I think it's forgettable. No, what it's happened? Con- no, yeah. no. What happened? I think it's forgettable too. <laughs> I think we should gloss over Connor Ingram getting the brakes beaten off him by the Colorado. <laughs> Connor Ingram's. Oh my god! By the way, Connor Ingram's goals against average is now a three seventy one, and his oh. save percentage is now an eight seventy nine. I was trying hey. to get out of that for you. But uh, it wasn't good. Thanks, pal. It wasn't good, man. Why did you try to get out of me getting my ass kicked by Jesse? That's well, so, like, against your nature. Well, <laughs> I just felt bad, you know? Felt bad. That's fair. For me or Ingram? Uh, Both. Both. Mm, it was... Fair. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah, guys, I'm going to go out in the limb. Six I think Colorado goals. might win this game as uh, this series. Yeah, six goals against... 35 I, saves on 41 shots I must, and 8.54. But, but you, do you not expect Nashville to get one? Dude, okay. Here, wait, 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 wait. One? So he <laughs> faced 41 shots, 51 shots, and oh, in his first game, he only faced 32 shots. Oh, wait a sec. That was in just 45 minutes. <laughs> he came in in relief. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like it's, it's like not close. Colorado's playing no. in a batting cage, but for slap shots. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. I don't, like, they're playing so well that I don't know how much of a difference Soros would have made. Oh, no. Yeah. They're killing them. They're, I didn't expect this. I thought it'd be a little bit more along the lines of Dallas-Calgary, where it's a little bit more of a dogfight. They're getting, they're getting, I think, hey, I think the reality is, too, guys, if we're being honest, the, the top end of the Western Conference has some amazing teams. But the fall off is pretty quick after about four. I and like like okay, compare the the wild card two spot in the east and the west. You got Nashville and you got the Caps. The Caps would fuck up the Predators too. Yeah, there's a wild card team beating the Flames though. No, I'm on Adam's side about the East is just so much. It's stronger, just a stronger. It's stronger in the conference. Like yeah. you can tell. I get that the results are different. I'm not saying that. You know, a wild card team can't upset. But to be honest with you, the East is not even close. Every team in the playoffs got a hundred points. That's the fucking cutoff. That's crazy. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like that, there's the, not even a question. The yeah. It's the cutoff. What a great way to put it. If we saw a one through sixteen yeah. seating, like it'd be so much different. Oh, the it majority. Would. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be fun. I like that. I like that too. I think that they don't want to do that for travel reasons, but God, that would yeah. be sick. There's a reason no league has gone to that. Yeah. But it'd be cool. <laughs> so in a one through 16. Thank you. In the top eight would be one, two, three, four, five. 
Eastern Conference teams. So it's five versus three. And then in the bottom eight, how many of them? Where would the where would the Eastern Conference be teams? Be? Uh, the so they'd be probably seven, eight, nine or through sorry. sixteen. So it's the Kings, Dallas, and Nashville will round out 14, 15, and 16. So those bottom three in the 1 through 16 would all be Western Conference teams. Wow. Vegas still misses the playoffs by three points. Um, yeah. <laughs> Leafs would play the Penguins, by the way. Well, uh, that wouldn't be a fun series for the Leafs. Four versus there 12, are, yeah. It's the playoffs. There are no fun series. Um, do you guys want to hear the... It was just announced today. Wow, there's a lot of news today. Hmm. It uh, You would think it was... Friday night at four o'clock, and we're watching the NHLPA feed. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's uh, Monday, uh, Monday early afternoon, and get it because they suck. Uh, we have uh, the roster for the 2022 IIHF World Championship in Helsinki, Finland, hey. and Tampere as well. Uh, so here we have. Uh, do you want to do you want to know who's on the roster? Please, Josh Anderson, Matt Barzal, Drake Batherson, Max Comtois, Dylan Cousins, Pierre Luc Dubois, Morgan Geeky. Uh, Noah Gregor, Kent Johnson, Adam Lowry, Dawson Mercer, Eric O'Dell, Nicholas Roy, and Cole Sillinger on forward. On defense, uh, Hot Sam Bacho, hey. Thomas Shabbat, uh, Ryan Graves, Nick Holden, uh, Dyson Mayo, Travis Sanheim, Damon Severson, and Zach Whitecloud. That's future Canuck Damon Severson. And, uh, and then the, the goalies, Drieger, Logan Thompson, Matt Tompkins. Who is Matt Tompkins? <laughs> I thought you might know. No. Do you know everybody else on that roster? Uh, Who's Dyson Mayo? Dyson Mayo is a uh, winner of the best name in the NHL award mm-hmm. and also a defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes. That's so, why you don't know. Uh, so Matt Tompkins is a 2012 pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Seventh round, 199th overall. He is for Lunda's goalie this year oh, uh, and started the season really strong in a 908 save percentage a little bit bad on the the other half of the season that's a weird one it says because it says here's how here's how hockey db has it it's 2021 and then it has 2021 22 p oh he didn't do great in the playoffs but he did great in the regular <laughs> season and uh eric odell i think is a khl guy okay i think he's a four uh, who's noah gregor is that a young guy? I don't know Noah Gregor. I'm not going to lie. I wish I'd... Sharks draft pick. Yeah. Played 63 games for the Sharks this what? year. <laughs> Had a sparkling minus 21 uh, plus oh. minus. But, I mean, the Sharks suck ass. Hey, did you also see the... Um, <laughs> they're terrible. Their roster construction is terrible. They suck. Did you but did you, did you see the Eric Carlson? Brent, Brent Burns? Burns? Yeah. They got to fix the right side of their D is the report. So, and they're saying that Eric Carlson's never fully been a fit there. And that's very clear. Yep. I mean, yeah. It's a bit of an expensive, not good fit. But here's the thing at 11 million bucks, who's taking Eric Carlson now? Mm-hmm. Isn't it 11 and a half? You got to retain a whole bunch of 50% on that. Oh, uh, you can't. Why not? Because that's uh, that's five and a half million dollars or something. So, like and you want to get rid of him? Here's, here's what you need to know, too. Eric Carlson's <laughs> deal, 11 and a half million dollars. It started off with signing bonuses, um, but it's yeah. So that even the, going your base salary, your yeah, your base salary next year. There's like a year after here where he's going to make ten and a half, ten. Yeah, he's not moving to a, a cheap oh team. Oh my god, it when goes to twenty six, twenty seven. That's a bad fucking contract. Oh my god! No, wait. It's yep. not 26, 27. That's what it goes to. UFA at the oh, end of... No, I'm oh, looking I see, at it. I see, I see, yeah. I see. Yeah. Bo- 
because <laughs> uh, Cap Friendly couldn't um, yeah, it would display be here at So UFO. only so now here, listen, fifty three million of of his salary is signing bonuses, but that still leaves another thirty nine million. So like this year, his base salary is five point five million, but the total salary is fourteen million. Like had they paid the majority of this up front, this would have been a tradable deal, but they're not. They're it's not. a shame because, like, I feel like the Sharks actually have kind of done some good things and have some good young players, but they really... So buy them out, Jesse. Well, yeah, like, they can't move on with their franchise as long as they have... And Mark... If... Holy shit! Oh. Okay, what is it? Why, why, why is it set up like this? I okay, hate, so I... explain it. So, okay... I don't understand why it is set up like this. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's a pain in the ass. So his cap hit next year. Here, here it is year by year. And I want you to go, uh -huh, when you hear something that's confusing to you, okay? 11.3. That's, that's a big cap mm -hmm. hit. Then 2.8. Then 3.3. Then 9.3. Then 11.8. Then 1.8, 1 1.8, 1 1.8, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8, 1.8. Why? You save money. Look at the savings. I mean, not every year. Yeah, but then when you lose money, it's not that much. Yeah, but like, why Why isn't it not just the same amount of money every year? Because that'd, that'd be too easy. What is this galaxy brain bullshit? How do you go 11, 2, 3, 9, 11, 1, 1? Why? You know why? what sucks about being a fan of the NHL? We all have to be like amateur capologists. the vast capologists. majority of things. Like, no, that just 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 this. Why do we all have to become amateur capologists? We could have made this simple, make the numbers round, make the process easy. Do you know how blind we would be to without cap every friendly? aspect of the NHL without this website? Mm -hmm. I know. And the NHL doesn't even offer it. They're like, ah, no, fans don't care about that. That's a Gary Bettman quote. And like, he has said that fans wouldn't care about a website like yeah, this. Shut up. Most of his quotes suck. <laughs> and like we're lucky to even have it because most guys uh, who have had a website they got bought well they get hired by a team and then the website goes offline Dom uh, with uh, Cap Friendly was hired by a team and it stayed oh yes what about um, th there was the original there was Extra Skater Cap Geek Cap Geek he passed away, unfortunately. Oh, man. And yeah, then Tom, Tom from General Manager. He's with Vegas, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, Extra Skaters with the Leafs. Um, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of websites. Or, or, like, guys who had, like, blogs with useful information and they took it offline. And it's, uh, it's difficult to get quality information that's public in the National Hockey League. And uh, Cap Friendly, God. I... Be still my beating heart. I love you. Please and, never leave us. And whenever you DM them, like whenever we've DM'd them in the past, they've been amazing about it. So I just, they're a great site. How does great. this work? And then they tell you with detail that's entirely unnecessarily or yeah. unnecessary how it works. It's like, amazing. So above and beyond in every scenario. God, I love them. Shall we do the press conference?